Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein. And Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We have a jam-packed show for you, a lot to get to. Um, but uh, but first, Luke, you seem like you're ready for uh, for opening day baseball. I mean, you are all decked out in uh, in, in Cubs gear, I mean, and, and the American flag uh, for those who are uh, just listening. Yeah, if you're on audio, I'm wearing a Cubs shirt. Um, for those of us that live in cold weather cities, which I do now, do not live in Vegas any longer, um, this is a signal that summer is approaching. It's not here yet, but it is the uh, uh, horizon of which we get to focus on when we endure six months of winter. So baseball season is back. Excited for Wrigley to uh, start hopping again. Yeah, um, th- there should be an over-under on uh, on the number of you know, Cubs and White Sox home games that are going to get played in below 40 degree weather um, because I'm sure there'll be a few. Yes, I will not be there this week uh, for <laughs> opening week, but soon enough, catch me in the bleachers. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, not enough time to get to all this stuff yet, but uh, definitely if you're looking to get down the baseball season, uh, the wind over under wind totals uh, are typically bets that are no longer offered once the season starts. So uh, definitely get those bets uh, out there. But um, once March Madness and the Masters are done, we'll uh, we'll do a deeper dive into uh, into baseball um, because there are certainly plenty of, of bets that you can make during the season. And, um, you know, not to spoil that 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 pod, but uh, there are a lot of bets, I think, that you can find great value during the season. Uh, it's almost better to wait until June, but we will get to that later. Uh, like I said, a lot to get through. Um, it was an historic weekend uh, in the March Madness basketball tournament uh, after the Sweet 16 Elite Eight games. A uh, couple stats for you. First time ever that no number one seeds reached the Elite Eight. Uh, first time since 1970, there will be three schools making their first ever Final Four appearance. Um, every team was 101 or higher before the season, except for UConn, who was just a measly 80 to one to win the championship. Uh, and they are now, of course, the favorites. Um, but the biggest long shot remaining is Florida Atlantic. Uh, they were 2,500 to one. Uh, to win the championship back in December. Uh, they were 500 to one to win the championship before the tournament. I got 125 to one after the Purdue loss. Uh, it was a little throwaway $25 bet uh, to win $3,700. Um, so uh, definitely the the story, I would say the, probably the biggest story uh, of the tournament uh, is F- Florida Atlantic. Uh, and then I uh, just want to give a little shout out to uh, my cousins who live in Boca Raton. They have gotten the owl fever uh, and uh, they actually made some money uh, on PropSwap this past weekend uh, by buying a couple. Um, uh, we had a couple money line tickets for sale for uh, for FAU to beat Kansas State. Uh, and so uh, the uh, they cashed in on them. And um, so I just want to give them a shout out because I, I know they listen. So, uh, yeah, Luke, uh, that was a lot of info. What were some of your takeaways from uh, this past weekend? Yeah, I mean, you and I get asked on radio stations. We certainly discuss this on the podcast. Like, what did we think was going to happen this tournament? And the answer was parody. And, like, we definitely 
lean towards that in the eight years we've been running props up, but we also gave statistics like the number one team went down eight times this year. That's never had, that hasn't happened since like 93. So there was stats that proved that this was going to have a ton of parody and a ton of upsets and boy, did it actually take place. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying that, you know, NIL is basically going to have the, the rich get richer. Um, you know, I get, one season it could this could be just an anomaly but uh i remember i was saying a couple weeks ago on the podcast that like i think just the way basketball is played with the three-point shot um just i don't know just it just seems to be more prevalent and just uh, more people play it that it allows for smaller schools to have to have decent players it's not like you know there's only you know only a handful of really good players in the country you know and they all go to the same school so uh still too early to tell but I personally think that this is going to be kind of the norm. Um, and, you know, also I think it's kind of kind of crazy that the top two picks in the NBA draft this upcoming year didn't even play college basketball, right? So it is just kind of I, – I do think it's like this more kind of even, even-ish uh, uh, playing field. The top two picks for this next NBA draft? Yeah, so the top two picks of this upcoming NBA draft is yep. the one one plays in France and the other one plays in the G League, right? Right, right, um, right, right. But um, yeah, just on the NIL thing, I agree, and you know we could probably save the NIL discussion for later this summer. Um, but you know, it just takes one wealthy booster from a Florida Atlantic or a San Diego State, you know, who wants to say, "Hey, like I'll give two million bucks to a kid to come play," and and you get some talented. Um, you know, high school kid to come play for your school. So it's awesome. I could best tournament I've ever been a part of um, to have, you know, like you said, three schools that were above 101 in UConn. UConn won in that losing streak. You know, you could have found them at 101, probably higher than that, I would think. Um, when they, they dropped like four or five, I want to say. Um, so, yeah, just fantastic for props up. So many people making money. It's been really exciting to see, and um, the result was <laughs> three three absolute long shots getting into this. And even UConn was, like I just said, was was a relative long shot. So it's been a blast. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were a long shot before the season, got off to a great start, and then slipped. Um, so I don't, I don't think they ever got back up to 101 during the season just because I think they showed people that, the, that they were talented. But, uh, but totally, I mean, uh, you could have found them at, at really good odds, you know, when they were in, in that slump. Um and then wanted to give a quick shout out to you. Um, if, if the listeners recall back on, on uh, episode 26 uh, in late February, Luke gave out San Diego State at 100 to 1 um, during staker swap. Uh, a $10 bet at that time would now sell for $210 uh, on, on prop swap. Uh, now, you, you did kind of give up on them uh, when you took Virginia, but we mm-hmm. will uh, we'll, we'll let that slide. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, I, I also took, I took Creighton in Texas uh, before the tournament. Uh, obviously, they both got to the Elite Eight. But I did say on last week's pod, now would be the time to, to sell uh, Creighton, right? Assuming they'd be playing Alabama. But still, the, the point remained the same. Is that, like, you got 40 to 1. They were down to 10 to 1. Um, you know, even, I think they got down to 5 to 1 um, before the San Diego State game. So, yes, um, yes they did. Yeah, so uh, you know it pays. It pays to listen. We uh, some, sometimes we we know what we're talking about. Um, and then, you know, I don't, I don't like spending too much time uh, talking about some of the people on Twitter. Um, you know, I always like to keep this thing focused on the people who who you know enjoy prop swap, enjoy you know making money off the marketplace. But um, 
you know, it just kind of reared its head a bunch of times, uh, especially during um, some of these big sales that we'll, we'll get into a little later. But uh, just the the wait one more round crowd. Uh, I, I texted you yesterday joking. Um, some team is going to win the national championship on Monday and people are still going to say, wait, wait more, one more round. Like it just like it's, you know, how many teams have to lose before, you know, before people are like, you know what, actually this team could lose. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't know that, that, that just was one of the recurring themes, uh, over the weekend too. For sure. Um, and we'll, we'll be running into that for the entire duration of prop swap. It's, it's been known as soft to sell. It's known as like, you know, takes confidence to hold on to it. I get that. Um, that's why I'll constantly give out to people, look, like sell your bet on prop swap, take the proceeds and go rebet your team. That's not soft. It's not giving up on your bet. You're still going to have a ton of upside on this team. You just came so far. This team's won you know, four just battles of a basketball game. And now you're going to walk away with nothing. Um, so it's a new concept. It's going to take education, but I, I completely agree with you of we're always going to have someone literally the champion's going to get crowned Monday night and someone's going to say, no, you should have waited one more round. Yeah. Um, and then the other, the other kind of recurring theme was uh, just, you know, people talking about hedging versus selling, which again is something that we've been dealing with for years and something we will continue. And I wouldn't say deal with, but it's just, it's just um, an education and a changing of mindsets, right? Because for decades, the, the only solution to locking in a guaranteed profit is to hedge by betting the other side. Right. Um, but and, and I know we've said this many, many times before, but like, it's just kind of this blanket term that gets thrown out. Um, and I think one of the key things people forget, right, is that when you're talking about a tournament like March Madness uh, and you're talking about, you know, being three or four wins away from the bet cashing and, and starting to hedge there, people forget that you would have to steadily increase your hedge amount every round, right? So I saw people talking about like, oh, just like, bet a thousand dollars each round on their opponent. Okay. Well, if you lose the first thousand dollar hedge, then you got to bet 2000 the next round or maybe potentially even more. And then if that loses, now you're in for three. Now you got to bet 6,000. It's not just like mm -hmm. you can't just bet a thousand, a thousand, a thousand. You have to at least be doubling it every round. So, um, that's just another thing that, that I popped up and, and, you know, kind of like we had to address where it's like, it's, it's not yeah. a, it's not the same amount every time it is literally doubling. Um, there's this strategy in, in blackjack called the Martingale system where basically it's like, the idea is you just keep doubling your bet. You know, if you lose, you double your bet and you keep doubling your bet, um, you know, so that you can get back to even, you know, of course, if your bankroll is unlimited, that's a, that's a possibility, but uh, very, very few people have unlimited bankrolls. Yeah. So Put a put a pin in that topic when we talk about this uh, Gonzaga sale. I want to. I, I have a lot to unpack after that. Uh, after you want, explain that one. Um, well, okay. Well, let, let's let's just get into the Gonzaga sale. Um, right. So, um, one of our customers uh, and friend, uh, and and I feel like I can I can share his his Twitter handle. You know, his 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 real name's not known, but uh, he, he goes by the real Mister ACL on Twitter. Uh, he texted. Uh, the two of us in a group chat and said, Hey, I've got this parlay, you know, uh, but like to list it for sale. Uh, that parlay included Argentina to win the world cup. 
which you got a plus 850 odds. Uh, Georgia to win the college football title at minus 140. Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at plus 470. And then the last and final leg was Gonzaga to win uh, the national championship at 13 to 1. Uh, he bet $50 to collect a sum total of $65,000. Uh, and so it was um, after they beat UCLA, before their game against UConn, he reached out to us. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll let you take it from there because uh, you were obviously very instrumental in, in getting this ticket sold. Sure. Um, so, yeah, just to wrap up the bet, honestly, this is not a crazy sports bet. Like, we kind of see these these cross sport parlays that just balloon in value. And like you just said, Argentina plus eight fifty, not a crazy bet. You got Georgia at minus money. So that's clearly not a, a long shot. And the chiefs at plus four seventy again, very low odds. Chiefs have obviously done this before. Like none of that's crazy. So to me, for this guy to sell a $50 bet on props for $8,000, like, that's one of the bets of the year. And for anyone to like, look at this and be like, I wouldn't sell that. Like, I'll just never, I'll never like understand that side of it. Like how many people are turning $50 into eight grand? No questions asked on a bet that you still got to win three more games in a tournament. That's like the most upsets that we've ever seen. Yeah. You know? um, and so, yeah, so just to back up there for a second. So he listed the ticket for sale on friday morning yep for ten thousand dollars and then within a, and then obviously we do our thing where we you know um you know uh it got tweeted by darren Rebell, it got tweeted by, by bleacher report um the obviously ticket, picking up, this ticket blew up i mean our, it, we it, were, it, it was it was blowing up um yeah. and you know it's funny um at the time I got listed for 10,000 odds of plus 550, that was exact market value. And then within like the hour of it being kind of publicized, a bunch of money came in on UConn to win the Elite Eight game. And so when money comes in on, on that individual game, that's going to have a ripple effect through other things too, including the future odds. And so it's like in the hour after it got like tweeted by Darren Ravel and Bleacher Report, their odds went to like, six and a half to one instead of five to one then everyone's like what a terrible price it's like all right guys it there's the odds can change um but so <laughs> listen for ten thousand, and then we reach out to some uh some of our buyers network uh you know include professional sports betters uh an offer was made for like what 7500 and then he went somewhere down to 8500 and then they kind of met in the middle uh at at eight thousand. um so yeah, that that's how that that deal went done uh, went down. But the other thing I was going to mention when you talk about how this parlay was very realistic, you know, I think it goes back to, and I think we've talked about this in previous episodes where uh, long shots getting to the getting to the final and then losing right to like the team that you know was one of the big favorites, right? So TCU got to the got to the final, but they lost to Georgia. Eagles were a long shot, got to the final, lost to the, lost to the Chiefs. You know, going back even further, Phillies losing to the Astros. So, like, it kind of goes back to this thing of, like, there's an immense amount of parity. But at the end of the day, a lot of times the actual final winner is one of the favorites. We actually might, you know, obviously I, I, I think we could say that's not going to happen uh, with March Madness unless if UConn does win, you know, I guess that could be considered the same thing. But even so, I mean, UConn was, you know, obviously a way bigger underdog during the season than Kansas City or um, Georgia were during their seasons. 
Totally. It's tale as old as time, and we could literally rattle off 50 examples of teams getting really, really close to winning and then losing to a team that was better and more talented and a bigger favorite at some point in the season, preseason, going into the postseason. This happens constantly. Um, so, you know, he, he makes 160x on his money. And, you know, again, this is a, he is a professional sports better. Does he also give out picks, Mr. ACL? 100%. But, like, make no mistake, he is traveling to Vegas, to New Jersey, to Philadelphia, and legally betting on sports because that is his job. And for this person to realize that instead of making these hedge bets on UConn, which is like, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic that that argument is, we're seeing it pop up less, less, and less, which is great. The argument of, oh, no, 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 you just hold on to your bet and you just go make a bunch of hedges throughout the tournament. Like, this is a person who bets sports for a living. He's not recreational. He has bankroll. He has allocated bankroll. And he's still deciding to sell this for eight grand. Like that was just, um, it was very reassuring. It was validation of thesis, like for a guy that is not a recreational better to see the value in this and to take a, a little bit of a haircut, right? Like he, the market value was 10,000. I'm glad you brought up the money port, you know, came in on UConn. Cause I would say UConn absolutely spanked them on Saturday night. It wasn't even, that was like one of the worst games of the last week was Gonzaga UConn. Um, so clearly, you know, sharp money came in on a new con, but, um, the point is he listed it for 10,000, lowered the price to 8,000, took a little bit of a discount. And then, so great job by him making 160 X on his money. And then on the buyer side, the buyer uses props up to get the best price in the world on Gonzaga. Like he could have, he bought it for eight grand. He could have sold it again. I wish he would have sold it again, um, on Saturday after, Bama and Houston, of course, the two favorites lost on Friday night. Then the, the market value of that Gonzaga bet was like 11,000. So he could have flipped it again for a profit. And of course, come Saturday night, it went to zero. But just, I mean, just fantastic sale. Buyer gets the best price in the universe. Seller gets 160X on his money. They're both pros. They're both the definition of pro sports bettors. You have outs, travel across the country. They price shop. Like this was two sharps using our service. Everyone got value add and, you know, props up blows up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kudos to, uh, the seller for, I mean, he definitely, I'm, or I should say, I'm, I'm guessing he had a very strong opinion on this Gonzaga Yukon game and he just wanted to get off his bet. I mean, he was, I think, and rightfully so, very scared of UConn and had a feeling that they were going, they were going to lose. Uh, and so, you know, whether it was, you know, and so he wasn't going to, you know, skip the sale um, by, you know, because, you know, it was a little less than maybe he originally wanted. He was very confident in that, and that Gonzaga was, was the worst team in that, in that matchup. Maybe you may be right. He may have just believed that UConn smokes him, but you know, again, going back to the original point of guys are just like, or girls will just be like, oh, no, 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 don't use props up. You just hedge. Like the guy need, maybe he needed 8K to go make a bunch of other sports bets on Saturday and Sunday and going into next week. And like baseball starting and, you know, there's a million sports events going on. Like maybe he needed the HGs to go well, make yeah, more and, sports bets. And so, and, and I want to keep moving on here, but like, I think when people say hedge too, it's like, um, they're you know hedging way less than the and if and 
if you've assumed that if you're if you have this Gonzaga ticket that this Elite A matchup could be the hardest test you have left, um, you know uh, the remaining of the tournament, then you're going to want to make the largest possible hedge bet on the UConn money line, right? I think a lot of people assume like, okay, well you hedge a little here and then you hedge a little more there, and it's like this incremental thing. But if you're looking at this thing being like, you know, this this UConn game could be their toughest uh, matchup left, then you have to bet a lot of money right now on on uh you know to win let's say eight thousand dollars you know on, on UConn money line and they were a favorite yeah that's you know it's, that's a lot of money to be betting especially for you know someone who's making fifty dollar bets <laughs> recreational um, sports betters like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the, the, which is the majority of of people uh, and then just on, on the buyer side, yeah, I'm guessing that this was just added to his portfolio and maybe he was able to hedge off this somehow, some way. Like, I, um, I'm i sure the buyer who got by far the best odds in the world and is one of the smartest sports bettors we know, he, I'm sure he, this was, you know, just part of his giant portfolio of, of, uh, of bets he was making. Right. Um, moving on, honestly, I'm not sure if we have enough time to get to all these, but a, a couple cool San Diego State uh, to win the region um, tickets sold um, on Sunday uh, ahead of their Elite Eight game versus Creighton. Uh, one of them was, uh, so this is the same seller for both these sales. He had a $300 plus 650 bet that he sold for $1,000 before the game. Uh, that one, that collected 2250 obviously uh, that one. And then another cool sale was uh, a $200 plus 650 bet sold for 429 uh, during the game at halftime um, it was odds of plus 250 for the buyer when San Diego State was down 33-28 at half. Obviously, they made a comeback, and that buyer collected $1,500. So um, just over a $1,000 profit for that buyer. Uh, so it, it definitely pays to be watching the marketplace during these games. Um, that plus 250 at halftime was better than every sports book who were offering like plus 205, plus 210. So uh, great job, uh by that buyer. Uh, but again, the seller was making money on both those sales, but you know, you may say to yourself, well, uh, that, that sucks for that, that seller. He sold, you know, two winning tickets when he, if he just waited a couple hours, that same seller had a third San Diego state, uh, region ticket. It was actually, te- actually technically to reach the final four, um, that he bet $400 at 28 to one. So that collected $11,600. He hung on to that ticket. So he, he made, again, this goes back to the go for two, right? He had multiple San Diego State region tickets, uh, sold two of them, one before the game, one during the game while they were down, but then he still had this $11,000 ticket he, uh, he hung on to. So, um, yeah, that would say that was a good, a good weekend for him. I would imagine he's a pro sports better as well. <laughs> so there's a recurring theme here. Um. And then uh, just talking a couple of UConn sales. Uh, UConn right now is the minus 125 favorite. We'll, we'll get to them a little more coming up. But um, the, a UConn ticket sold before the Texas-Miami game. So this, so UConn's in the Final Four, but, you know, uh, Texas is a favorite um, over Miami. Um, it was a collect amount of $5,100. The customer purchased the ticket on PropSwap March 5th for $256. So that customer got odds of 19 to one. And then on Sunday afternoon, before the Texas Miami game, he flipped it. He resold it for $2,200. So props up customer buys tickets for 256 and then resells it for $2,200. 
that buyer got odds of plus 133 when uh, at that time UConn was <clears throat> plus 115 or worse at sportsbooks. Uh, and now, as I just said, uh, UConn is minus 125 uh, across the board. So um, once again, another example of how you can actually go to PropSwap <clears throat> and find great value like this customer did in early March and then flip it one click of a button uh, and make a $2,000 profit. Beautiful. Um, and then last big sale we'll talk about uh, is this ticket sold on Monday morning, uh, UConn. This was uh, a, a paper sports book ticket uh, from, uh, from Pennsylvania. $221 bet placed in February at 23 to 1 odds. And a customer sold that ticket for $2,650. So that's a $2,400 profit for the, uh, for the seller. Uh, odds of plus 101 for the buyer. And like I said, again, every sports book minus 125. That was Monday morning. Uh, buyers getting plus 101 on UConn. And if you look at any sports book in the country, UConn is painted as a, with, a, with a minus in front of the, uh, the number, not a plus. So once again, great. Uh, just great deals across the board for both buyers and sellers. And, and this is what we see every time when um, it's just filled with long shots and, and no one, you know, predominant uh, team that everyone is super confident in. So um, just the action was fast and furious uh, over the weekend. And uh, we look forward to another great week of, of college basketball sales, um, which brings me to uh, the next thing I want to talk about, which is, is just some of the crazy tickets that we saw listed for sale uh, once the kind of the dust settled on, on Sunday. Um, and I'm sure if you follow us on Twitter or, uh, or some of the big media personalities, you will start to see these tickets pop up uh, during the week. But there is a $500 101 San Diego State ticket that got listed for sale. So that's a collect amount of $50,000 uh, on San Diego State. There is a $2,000 25 to 1 Yukon ticket listed for sale. Um, that one, I think, is priced at like $28,000. So, again, uh, odds of minus 125. Uh, and then switching to NBA, um, this is a really interesting one that you were dealing with the, uh, the seller, Luke, on. Again, I'm noticing a theme here on some of these uh, cross-board parlays. Argentina to win the World Cup. Georgia to win the college football title, uh, Novak Djokovic to win the Australian Open, Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, UConn to reach the final four. So the first five legs, all winners. The, the last remaining leg is just Warriors to repeat as the NBA Finals champions. It collects a total of $227,000, and it is currently listed for sale on PropSwap for $14,000, and that is odds of 15 to 1. Um, and Warriors are currently 12 to 1 at Sportsbook. So, again, a lot of information. Uh, anything uh, stick out to you there? Yeah, I mean, that last ticket, we'll, uh, we'll do our best to get this thing sold. Of course, that is uh, basically just a Warriors future at this point with everything else winning. Um, so we got a little bit more of a time horizon there. It does not uh, expire uh, on Monday when the national championship for college basketball does. Um, so that will, you know, stick around for that one. Um, hopefully we'll get some Darren Ravel articles rolling about those two bets that you just mentioned, the SDSU one and the UConn ticket. And, um, yeah, let's do, uh, let's do stake to swap. Sounds good. All right. It's that time of the show to get into stake or swap. 
First up, we'll be talking about the aforementioned Yukon Huskies. Uh, once again, like I said, minus 125 uh, favorite to win the national championship. Uh, they are a five, five and a half point favorite over Miami in the final four. Um, so I will go first. Uh, I am swapping UConn. Um, now look, gun to my head, I say UConn wins the championship. Uh, they've won their first four games by an average of 22 and a half points. They've absolutely dominated everyone. Um, but I just feel like this hype train has gotten a little too out of control. Um, you know, and I don't understand how anyone can look at this tournament and be like, Yep, I'm rolling with the favorite. Like, I mean, you know, why, mm. what have you seen so far to give you that type of confidence? Um, it is extremely rare, I think, to see a team that is minus money uh, before the final round. Um, that is, like I said, very rare, uh, especially in a one-and-done scenario. Um, again, I, I think UConn's the best team remaining. Um, that would be my pick, but anything can happen in one game. Injury bad calls, you know, you just have a bad shooting, just one bad shooting night. And so if I'm holding any sort of double, you know, ticket with double digit, you know, that's uh, 10 to one or higher or anything, I'm just, I'm cashing out at minus 125. I'll make another bet. Um, and, you know, go and I'll just count my money and, and not have to, you know, sweat um, two more games. Uh, like I said, anything can happen. So purely just from a value standpoint, um, I am swapping UConn. I agree. I am also going to swap UConn. Um, I was going to kind of give like a football analogy. Like it's not fair to say X team is playing really, really well. So therefore we're just going to assume that's how they're going to play the next two games. Like I was going to give an example of the Eagles. Like the Eagles absolutely ran through the NFC like this year, destroyed the giants, destroyed the Niners. I realized they had some injuries, but like, left them in their dust and all of a sudden like they didn't really have that good of a game in phoenix against the chiefs so like teams can kind of run out of momentum it's it, uh, just don't assume because, because team a played incredible last week that that's exactly how they're going to play the next week like teams get hot and cold happens all the time in sports so um i don't think i i uh i agree that uconn is a really good basketball team but like minus money with two games to go i just i disagree with it so i'll also swap uconn Yep. Um, and then on the other side of the bracket, um, talking, to, we'll talk about a little Florida Atlantic. Um, currently six to one at a lot of places, but uh, you can actually find six and a half to one uh, at DraftKings uh, on the Owls. Uh, so, Luke, we'll we'll start with you. Are you staking or swapping uh, Florida Atlantic? Yeah, so I have a lot of notes on this team. I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. Uh, I'm staking Florida Atlantic. Value alone, just by the math perspective, you're getting 6.5 times your money versus a team like UConn where you're having to you know give minus money up. You're getting less than your principal back. So just by that perspective, this team, this tournament's been crazy. Take the, the biggest dog left. Then put the math aside. Like, watching this team beat Kansas State, like, they beat Kansas State at their own game, which is offense, offense, offense. And... Marquise Noel was literally the player of the tournament certainly was in the Michigan state game. Like that was one of the best performances I've seen someone play. 
um, since watching March Madness. He played so good against Michigan State. And then for FAU to come in and do that to Kansas State, like, they just, this team is really, really good. Um, they had 30 wins this year. You know, the SDSU, you're only getting ha- um, half the return. So SDSU, San Diego State's plus 360. FAU is plus 650. So you're almost getting double the return by betting on FAU. Is FAU or is SDSU twice as good as Florida Atlantic? Absolutely not. Like, I think. Well, I mean, the, the spread's like one and a half, right? Right. Right. So, like, something's up there. Exactly. Like, the spread is. Um, showing a different story than the futures odds are. So plus 650, I think Florida Atlantic makes all the sense in the world. Um, so, yeah, hope I kept it brief. Yeah. Um, I am going to stake FAU as well. Um, this team has handled a lot of adversity. Like, they have not gotten uh, phased in, in, in some of these in some of these big games. I mean, the they kind of handily beat Tennessee – um, mm-hmm. they were able to withstand runs from, from Kansas state. So, I mean, this team, um, seems to be very well composed. What they were, they were 30 and three during the regular season. I mean, they yeah. won a lot of games. Uh, and so the other thing I'll mention is, uh, if you recall before the tournament, I brought up this Ken Palm stat, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying that the, the champ, if you take the, the ranking of, uh, where they rank in uh, best offenses and the ranking and best defenses, you add those two numbers together, it has to be less uh, less than 50, right? Every champion since Ken Palm started this, that number is 50 or less. Uh, as of right now, UConn is the only team remaining that fits that bill. But Florida Atlantic, if you add those two numbers up, it's 53, right? So they are not very far out from that, right? And mm-hmm. so... Um, I think the approve right, so the approving that, and that's kind of why they were stayed off my radar, just because I just filtered it by fifty and below, and I never really paid too much attention to them. But um, I could, you know, I would not be shocked if next year we say no team has ever won the thing, and that number be uh, greater than greater than fifty three, right? So they are mm-hmm. right on that fringe, um, and so uh, you know, don't get fooled by the the small school, the small conference, the fact that they play in a in a gym that holds like two thousand or three thousand people. Uh, this team is legit. And um, I, I think they are very live against San Diego State. And like I just said, anything can happen in, in one game if, if they do get to that final. So um, to your point, to get plus 650 on a, on a team that's in the final four, I mean, I, I think uh, – and, and it's a coin flip game against uh, – in the, in the semifinals. Right. And, and just layer in, like, with prop swap, they go on a nice run to start the first half of that basketball game. Their odds are going to go down to 3-1. to one. So flip it for double, and they'll even have to win the Final Four game. Yeah, um, you know, I, I brought this up during the San Diego State section, but uh, just I think it it uh, it bears repeating: these tickets are flipping during games, uh, and uh, you know, f- there's a bunch of other sales I we didn't bring up that um, people were being able to cash in when the team was winning. I mean, I didn't talk about the number of Texas tickets we sold when they were. Um, up big at halftime or even in the second half. Um, and yeah, I mean, people, people saw some really big Texas tickets during that game, assuming, okay, like they are, uh, they're on their, they're on their way to the finals. Meanwhile, I, I, I got to imagine CBS is not too happy with this final four, uh, as our ticket brokers who are hoping to sell to, uh, Houston or, or, or Texas fans. Um, but Hey, it's, uh, it's great for a company that, uh, that makes money off long, off long shots. So, um, yeah, any uh, any final words before we uh, take off? Next time we talk, there will be a champion uh, crowned. 
there will be a champion. Um, can't wait for Masters next week. March Madness has been a total blast, and glad everyone's making money. Yeah, uh, I, I was thinking this. I, I March Madness might I, I might enjoy March Madness more than the NFL playoffs. Um, just yeah. with the amount of games, the fact that they all kind of happen really quickly. We're not like waiting one week every time before the big game to happen. It's like boom, you play on Thursday, we're playing again on Saturday. Let, let's 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 get it moving. Um, and oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and just look no further than the remaining teams here and, and the odds that they were uh, before the tournament. So, um, yeah, it's been a great tournament. Uh, yet again, people always say it's never going to happen, and then it happens again, long shots uh, coming through. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and we will talk to you next week.